This is the Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast as a service to the Nebraska Greats Foundation, which serves former collegiate athletes facing medical needs and financial challenges. Your tax-deductible contribution will change the life of a former college sports hero. Please give online at negreats.org. And now, here's your host... Jim Rose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nebraska Greats Foundation podcast. This is Jim Rose, and so pleased to have one of the most popular players in Nebraska football over the last 10 years, the diminutive wide receiver from Chicagoland, Jordan Westerkamp. Jordan, great talking to you. How are you? Get us updated on what you're up to these days. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you having me on. I was looking forward to this, but um, right now, I was just talking to to Matt about this. I I had taken a job about... um, about six months ago at a chiropractic office in Wheaton, Illinois, here where I live. Um, and it's been awesome. I work with athletes. I work with a bunch of people and, and I do a bunch of different things there. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing football wise. Most recently I was in, uh, working with the XFL, you know, I was doing that, but obviously COVID they suspended the league. And I know everybody, everybody was affected by that. Unfortunately, um, all businesses, um, but uh, I was doing that. Um, that was going well. And I'm out, like, like I said, um, take a hit there with, with everything going on. But um, I, I saw recently that the, the, the rock Dwayne Johnson bought the league and, and there's hopes to, to bring it back. So if I'm feeling good, um, I mean, I'm feeling healthy. Uh, I'll give it a shot. Um, I think I've read uh, two, two or 2023 might be their, their date. They're very back, which it, I'll be 29 then. So I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I, I wish you'd come back sooner, but I know I can still play. And if I'm feeling good, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Hey, not all 29-year-olds are created equal, okay? Some 23-year-olds look like they're 79, okay? And then some 29-year-olds look like they could still play. I think you're still in that category. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) But it has to be hard, though, if your dream is to continue to play football, and you've been playing football since you were probably seven or eight years old, and you really don't ever want it to end, and here's an opportunity to do it. Must be a challenge, though, to keep in shape, to stay in football shape, knowing that the phone may ring tomorrow and there's my shot. Right. Yeah. It, it's a tough deal. It's a, it's a tough deal in a bunch of aspects because there's also that feeling that the guys will get when it's starting to come to maybe an end, so to speak, where that call might not come anymore. And then and that could have an effect on a guy playing sports. Like you said, since I'm football, since I was seven, eight years old, um, for it to kind of come to a halt, it's, 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 it's a tough deal. And not to mention, like you said, working out and staying on that schedule, it's a lot easier when you're, within a program and you're not forced to do it, but you have a, a super strict schedule that's set for you. And you're, this time's your workout, this time's your second workout, this time's your, your uh, training table, this time's that. Um, so it's, it's quite a change to, to kind of be on your own, but um, you know, I'm, I love working out. So that's never been an issue for me. So I'm, I mean, I'm always, I'm always uh, working out when I can and, and eating healthy, doing everything I'm supposed to do. So if an opportunity does present itself, um, you know, I'll be ready. Okay, you're probably giving away some very valuable intellectual property here, but people look at Jordan Westerkamp in the year 2021 and remember 10 years ago when he was a freaking freshman at Nebraska and you look the same. So so what is the deal here? What's the workout regimen? Give us a day in the workout regimen for Jordan Westerkamp. Yeah, number one, 10 years ago, it's amazing how fast time goes. I can't believe it. I mean, 10 years ago, I was just getting ready to, to actually head to Nebraska. So it's just, it's just crazy how fast time goes. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super strict in my diet and I've you know, things that I've learned uh, at, during my time at Nebraska from our, our, our head nutritionists at the time that were there and, and people that just kind of helped us with that. So I'm real strict with my diet. Um, I try to work out once, twice a day if I can. Um, again, I was telling Matt at the Cairo office that I do work out, they have a, a nice 
uh, rehab slash exercise room for patients. And there's a lot of stuff in there. So whenever I've got some time, if I got an hour or two downtime where I'm not going to be seeing anybody, I'll try to sneak in a workout here and there. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm on my feet all day. So it's, it's, uh, that's helpful as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a little day in the life of Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So diet wise, you know, you've got to stay on protein, but I'll bet there aren't any carbs and there's not a lot of sugar in that diet. Yeah. 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 Low, low sugar, um, carbs are kind of up and down here and there. Cause obviously carbs give you energy. So it just depends uh, if, I, if my workout's going to be a heavy, hard workout, I, I up my carbs a little bit, but, um, it, it varies, it varies, but I'm, I'm really, I pay attention to it. I'm really strict with it. Like I, I do my macros and I keep track of everything. So pretty strict yeah. with it. Yeah. You're crazy. Okay. Nobody's <laughs> supposed to keep track of like that. You're nuts. All right. You're off the charts. <laughs> Yeah, a little different. I mean, I know we like a lot of my friends and all that stuff and ex-teammates, we all did that in college and I kind of just kept it going. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's instilled in me, um, yeah. but it's got me healthy. It's got me feeling good. So um, I like it. All right. Talk about the step. Um, you know, you were obviously a, a, an outstanding college football player. Talk about the step to the next level. What is the thing that swallows up most guys who were really good college players, but don't make it in the NFL or in any, uh, at any level of professional football? Right. Um, I think um, for my case, just for me, unfortunately, in my senior year, um, I had a lot of injuries that that held me back. Going into my senior year, um, that spring ball, I had to have a sports hernia surgery that I went to Germany for. The Nebraska sent me there for. Um, and during the season, we're playing against Illinois. I took a shot to my back and I broke some stuff in my back. Um, so I missed a couple of games there. And then at the end um, of that senior season, getting ready for bowl prep against Tennessee, um, I'm running with the ball and I just feel something moving in my knee. I get an MRI and they tell me that I got to have surgery and I, and I was done. Um, and I was on crutches for, for six months following that surgery. So I missed um, combine, combine prep. Uh, we were getting as strong and as fast as possible you can get. Um, I had like a mock pro day where, where I, I was about three weeks off of crutches, but I just wanted to show coaches that I could run. Um, so by no means was it anything quality wise, but it was just me showing them. They just want to see that I can move around and I wasn't still um, on crutches, so to speak. Um, so for me, that's kind of for my deal. And that's, that's one part of it, obviously, is it's the healthy part, right? Availability. Um, that was the toughest part for me. Thankfully, I still had my shot with the, with the Dolphins there. They, they signed me for agency and I was there and I was doing real well, but my body was just still so messed up um, and compensation issues. And I ended up popping my hamstring when I'm there. So it just, for me, it was just a, um, injury after injury, you know, starting my senior year, my body just broke down. Um, unfortunately, and I think that's just a product of um, wear and tear and playing in the Big Ten, a slot receiver, you get banged around. Uh, but that's one aspect of it. I mean, there's there's so many things. There's a obviously a skill gap. You're no longer playing um, guys that that are middle middle tier, so to speak. Every guy in the NFL is the best um, around. I mean, everybody at that level is elite. So there's a, there's a, there's a skill jump. There's a, um, some learning curve a little bit. Let's say you have a, a simpler offense that you're running in college, you get the NFL and it, it could be something that's, that's more, um, pro style. And then there's a lot of lingo and you can't pick that up as much. So, so there's, there's, there's a ton of aspects to it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so many things you can sit back and look at availability, um, you know, injuries, uh, Learning politics, playbooks. politics, politics. Yeah, politics. You know, didn't mention guys politics. get drafted in the first three rounds. They've got an investment in them, so they're going to give them a lot more chances. Right, exactly. Yeah, and then there's that as well. And then they didn't even touch on that. So I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, those are those are a few things that that, that go into all of that. 
when you've had as many injuries as you had in such a short period of time, look, as many football players will tell you, if you're not hurt in November, it's because you're not playing. So everybody's <laughs> hurt in November. Right. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Right. So you were largely injury free. Everybody's got bumps and bruises and little right. things. Right. But you were largely injury free until your senior year. Right. It was, I mean, it, yeah, it was crazy. I was good, good, good. Then had my, I had a great junior season at Nebraska, my biggest season there. And then just, um, I had some soft tissue stuff that kind of lingered from the end of that season. And I thought I took care of it. We went into, um, winter, winter strength conditioning and, um, you know, I was doing the rehab and I was doing everything I was supposed to do and just, um, get through that. And, and, I just remember right at the end of that, uh, that winter conditioning, we had like our, our, our tests, you know, to see what our, what our new numbers were, so to speak. So we did like pro agility and something like that. And pro agility requires a lot of lateral movement and, and your, your, um, all the muscles down there. I just remember like I was hitting the pro agility and I just felt like kind of like a, a little bit of a pull. Um, and I, I tried to take care of it. And then in spring ball, a, a few days in, I made like a, a, a plant and something and it just, it just popped on me and I, I fell and, find out I have a sports hernia and I had to get that taken care of. Um, thankfully I was at Nebraska and, um, they, they could afford to send you, yeah, send me out to, um, Germany for the best surgeon in the world to get it done. So, I mean, it was about a two, two and a half month recovery, but it's just something I wish I didn't have happen. Obviously it's, it's better to be healthy than to have that and get it repaired. Obviously. I mean, that's what's without saying, um, that, that kind of started it. And then, had a good summer. We get in the season. Then I just had a freak, a freak incident against Illinois where a low ball, a ball was thrown a little low. I went on a dive for it. The linebacker comes behind me and it like slid into my back and his knee just nails me in the back. And I find out that I, I, I fractured a couple of the, your, my transverse processes off my, my spine, those little knobs on the side there. Uh, I said a couple, a few, three of them. Um, and that, that uh, is just like, it's, it's more of a pain tolerance thing because the, the, those fractures thing, they, they don't move. Um, they kind of just stay in place, but the, the blunt trauma of the knee, I, I couldn't like, I couldn't rotate. I couldn't move. And then, and, um, this is kind of, bad. <laughs> this is kind of tough to say or bad to say, but, um, they used to be able to just shoot you up and, and give you some yeah. good stuff and you, you'd be fine, but they couldn't do that. You can't no. do that anymore. They've, and kind I, of, I, they've kind of wandered away from right, the seventies, right. you know, yeah. you know, sideline, we call it sideline medicine. We've tried yep. to stay out of sideline. Right. Now. And, and, and that, I mean, um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's different because obviously we see the, 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 the prolonged right. effects from people who, who have who did that and, and whatnot. So I'm, 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 I'm happy that for my long term, that, yeah. that I, I won't have to worry about that, but it just, again, just a, a freak thing. And then my, 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 my knee, just another, just weird wear and tear freak thing where I'm just running. There was no planting, nothing like that. I just felt something moving around in my knee and I, I, just, I chipped off some of the bone on my, um, I think it was on my, my femur mm. somehow. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I had a, a little bit of a meniscus tear that exposed the, the two parts of the knee that connect there in the middle. And they just were smacking each other, smacking each other with no cushion in between or no cartilage. And then chips off something and then find out that I got to get a, like a bone plug and it's a six month on crutches deal. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And it's could have, couldn't have been a worse time to happen. Right. As, as finishing my senior season, I'm supposed to be get, getting as strong and as fast as I possibly can working out like crazy. I'm doing combine prep and I couldn't do that. So mm. um, real tough. That was a real tough year for me, but I, I was, like I said, still fortunate to have the opportunities that I've had and to have had the career I had. I mean, it was, I would 
never um, change what had happened. And, and I'm so happy and lucky to have had the career I had. Visiting with Jordan Westerkamp, former Husker standout. Um, talk about injuries. At any point with all of that, um, when does an athlete start reading the signs? I've always believed that life is about signs. You know, if you're going the right direction, you'll see an arrow and it's pointing in the right direction. Right. When you have as many injuries as you've had and now working also with athletes or being around elite level athletes as you have, does that ever enter into it? Do you, do you always see it as, hey, everybody gets injured. It's about who comes yeah. back from injury. Or do you look at that as a sign that maybe the sign is the body's telling you it might be time not to play football anymore? Right. Yeah, that's it. That is a that's a tough question because everybody's different, right? I mean, there's, there's guys who have had 20 year, 15, 20 year NFL careers who've had all sorts of injuries, um, but they were able to come back from it and, and, and do just fine. And sometimes it was major injuries, sometimes just minor stuff. Um, so everybody's kind of different, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some days uh, during the, that, that window that I was doing that where I would wake up and be like, man, my body hurts. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I'm 20. At that time, I would have been 22, 23 years old. I'm like, is this normal? <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I, I you know, powered through that stuff, and I, I still with the XFL, and that was awesome, and it did well, and, and um, that was awesome. I, I, you know, I, I definitely had lost a step um, just from those things. It's hard. I mean, I, you're, you're, you're my knee and my um, you know, lower, lower abdomen adductor muscle kind of in, in the leg there. Um, so I, it was just like couldn't couldn't cut as well and little things like that. And I was able to overcome that and still get to do the XFL thing and, and, and have fun with that and do well, real well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, there's some, there, there, there does come a time where you just got to do kind of what's best for yourself. And, and sometimes that is saying, Hey, is this, is it worth putting my body through this to continue to do this? Yeah. Or is it, is it, like you said, a sign saying, all right, I think it's time to, to, to pull back and, and start thinking about your future. Cause you got a long life ahead of you. Yeah. You know, you still got to put in another 50 or 60 years after that, man. So, um, <laughs> right, right. Visit about Nebraska. Uh, and I mean, I know that Pat Fitzgerald is among those who were hoping you'd be injured before that game, uh, that maybe they, one or two more things could have kept you on the sidelines before that game. And in particular, the last play of that game, right? Uh, you've probably been asked at least 50,000 times about it, but here's 50,001 because, you know, history gives you a chance to, you know, even analyze every moment of it more so than at the time. Right. Because uh, the chance to to process it and look back, take us through the play, uh, take us through something that you've discovered about the play just in the years since it happened. Yeah. So the play was called Geronimo. It was one of our, our plays and an end of game package that we had. And one of the cool things is every single week that that Friday before the game, when we have like our walkthrough, we would go through those last few plays. And that was always the play that we hit. And we everyone would always laugh. We're not going to need it. We're not going to need it. And then boom, we need it. And uh, you ran it perfectly. Um, but, you know, about that play, there were so many, a few plays before that, that whole drive leading up to that play was just incredible because we, we had so many guys making plays, obviously Amir's fourth down conversion where he sticks his arm out and gets, and it was wild. And, and sometimes that last play, everyone knows that last play and it sometimes overshadows that stuff. So I just want to bring to light, um, that whole drive. I mean, we had receivers making plays left and right. Amir making that play. Our linemen were blocking like crazy. Ronnie was running for his uh, his life at quarterback and, and making plays. So there was so much stuff that led up to that play that allowed that play to even have a chance, um, which is awesome. But looking back at it, I mean, it's just 
it's just every time I, I think about it, it's just it's just such a cool moment for myself. And 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 here's the reason why. I mean, Northwestern. Um, you know, I'm from Illinois. I'm, I'm about 45 minutes away from Evanston. And Coach Fitzgerald would come to my high school every other week to recruit me my 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 junior senior year. Um, even after I was committed to Nebraska, he'd come and hey, you sure? You sure? You, know, I'm, <laughs> you sure? I mean, because because he could. I mean, he was close. Yeah, he was real close yeah. to, to to my high school. And it just I had. I think back and then I'll, I'll just be, oh, I'll find, I'll remember that I had teammates from my high school that were on that Northwestern team at the time that I played with in high school or just other guys that I've known from the area. And it's just, it's such a cool thing. And just like how it happened with that team, my hometown team, I had ex-teammates on there. I had a great relationship with coach Fitzgerald. Um, I mean, it, it was such a, such a cool, cool thing. I guess the only other thing that would have made it just like the, the coolest thing on the planet, and this is just a selfish thing, because playing at Nebraska and scoring touchdowns at Nebraska is amazing. If that would have happened at Northwestern, I probably would have had 150 family members at the game too, yeah. which would have made it pretty darn you know cool. But uh, needless to say, I mean, it was it was just a such a, a cool moment for myself and 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 for the um, Nebraska football program, and and so much went into that last play and that last drive. It was such a just ama- amazing moment, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. Of course, you're right. The Amir Abdullah play on fourth down was spectacular. Uh, if that had been a championship season, that would go down as one of the 10 better plays in the history of Nebraska championship seasons because he was, I mean, it was just pure, pure want to. I mean, right, he, he, right. Was, he was tackled. I mean, he, he was short on fourth down. It was right. game over. Done. But look, look at him. I mean, the man, the man was just a warrior on that play. Yeah, uh, he's, one of, he's one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen um, in person in my life. And he's such a great person too. So it couldn't have happened to anyone better to make that conversion. Okay. But as great as that catch was and as wonderful and as much of a keepsake, it's not the greatest catch you ever made in Nebraska. Talk about the back catch. Remember that one on oh, the yeah. sideline? Not Talk yet. about that one. This, this is actually, this is actually a much better catch. It's yeah, a much more right. remarkable catch. And that was almost like a trick catch. It's if you've been practicing it in the backyard for 15 years. Right. So that was, I mean, that was such a, um, an awesome game. And we opened up the season with that game. That would have been my red shirt. Sophomore year. Sophomore. So yeah, red shirt, sophomore year. So, um, so, so to seek my, my, my coming out party, because I had, I had a decent season that the season prior, but, but this season's kind of when I, when I had a, a, I kind of exploded there onto the, the scene and, and that was a great game for myself. I opened up that game with a touchdown. Um, I mean, it was FAU and we ended up beating the, um, the, the crap mm-hmm. out of them, but yeah, that play, um, it, I, I'll still watch it and be like, man, that play was this close to being devastating with an interception <laughs> and it turned into just an insane, insane catch. Um, and again, just another play that I'll never forget. How did you do it? How did I mean, it happened in an instant, but how did you do it? What, so was, I, what was your what was your what went through your head as the ball was coming? Your it way? was you know what it was? It was just like it was just just knee jerk reaction to just I saw the ball. I saw it tips and I was like. Throw my hands behind my back and see what happens. But it, I, I credit it to to to, to my dad and, and the amount of times we played catch and we play catch and we would just. He would tell me, just catch the ball any way possible. I'm going to throw it all over the place. Just just make the catch. Catch the ball. You're a wide receiver. Your job is to catch the ball. And we would do that day after day after day after day when I was in high school. He was my high school football coach. So every day in practice, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're doing this. And we'd keep throwing multiple footballs at me or just everywhere. And I'm, so I, I was like, 
I made that catch before. Just, just again, it's it just it's just reaction, or you know, it gets ticked. Or say, oh, oh, got it. Ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> but for it to happen in a, in a game like that, it's just you don't see you don't see that. Um, so that that was pretty darn cool to to be on the the receiving end of that one. And and again, just another crazy play that I'll, I'll never forget. Now, did anybody ever take a picture of that? Uh, and do you have a picture of that catch? You probably have the one in the end zone against Northwestern, but <laughs> I don't know if any if any photographers. They only have like 150 photographers at every Nebraska football game, maybe more. <laughs> Surely one of them had to capture oh, you with the ball behind your back catching. Yeah, it. definitely. And there, there's a really cool one that I um I have at my parents' house, and it's kind of like a, a slideshow, and it shows just like five snapshots of it all happening in person where the ball is tipped. It's coming back. I'm starting to move my hands backwards. So it's really cool. Really cool. Um, um, snapshots there one after the other. And it just shows the whole process of how I caught it. And just another, another like cool thing that again, I credit to my, to my dad with my you know discipline and, and, and uh, making sure I'm doing everything correct. And I, even on that play, I got two feet in bounds too. It was that I pitter pattered my feet. But again, that was just like so natural to me to just, Hey, Pitter patter your feet. You're on the sideline. The ball is behind you. Just throw your hands back there and make the play. And then I, I catch the ball. I throw it to the ref and I'm running because we, we were an up-tempo offense. So just my head was like, okay, next play, next play. And then we snapped the ball. I, I think I got like a bubble thrown to me and they blew the they blew, blew it dead and they started to review it. And then I, I looked up and I remember Kenny ran over to me and like grabbed my helmet and was like, dude, do you know what you just did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I like looked up at the, the, the Jumbo trial. I was like, uh, wow. Big, Insane. Big I was like, wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was cool. Um, Nebraska in the Big Ten. It's been rough the last few years. Uh, you're a Big Ten guy. I mean, you, yeah. you watched it every friggin' weekend growing up. Uh, it's a physical league. There's always somebody in the A-gap. Corners cover you and safeties hit you. Yep. Uh, and it just seems like we've had real trouble adjusting to the physicality of the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, just these, these man, it's just been so up and down this, I mean, this past season. Um the last the last few seasons, uh, my, my my time there, um, we had, we had some solid football teams. Uh, we were winning nine games a season. My my junior year, we went five and seven and made a bowl game, and we beat UCLA. And that was a, a kind of a fluke season, very similar to this season. We had a lot of very close games, a lot of one touchdown games, uh, where it could have gone either way. I, um, just a crazy seasons. Um, it, it's super physical, right? And 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 there's been times where they've struggled. I think our defense has been, been pretty darn good this year. I mean, I love watching our RD this year. They're, they're so fast to the ball. Um, you can tell they, they've taken a big step forward since, since last year. Um, but again, you just look at the big 10 and these next two games that Nebraska has, you got Wisconsin and Iowa. And it's like the epitome of the big 10, just hard nosed disciplined, physical as can be. Those two teams are always the most physical teams um, that I played when I was there. And they always have big linebackers that just, Jack the receivers up and, and whatnot. So I'm, I'm hoping that they're, 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 I know they're getting ready for that um, off a of bye week. They'll, they'll be, they'll be ready to rock. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a super physical conference. And um, as I mentioned earlier with, with the injuries, I think that was, you know, part of my, my deal. It's just the, the wear and tear and the bang, the bang, the bang, just, just nonstop. It's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough conference. And that's why it's always great when you see um, a big 10 team play in a bowl game against an SEC team or a team for a different conference. Cause they always, after that game, will come out and say, my goodness, we were not ready for that physicality. Yeah. Well, well, and it seems to me that, you know, the, the league, it's, it's a cultural league offensively. Um, you know, you can go to different parts of the country, in particular, the Southwest Conference, the old Southwest Conference territory, you know, Texas and the Southwest part of the United States, maybe the Pac-12, right. certainly the SEC. 
and in some parts of the ACC, you can run about any offense and be successful. But it seems right. to me that in this conference, you just can't do that. You've got yeah. to do what everybody else is doing. Uh, otherwise, you'll not see the football. And maybe Nebraska thought, OK, we're going to bring, you know, the uptempo spread, what they're doing in Central Florida here. And we're right. going to get the Big Ten to change for us. Well, we found out that, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and yeah, it's tough. Like I said, those defenses and these two defenses that are going to face the next two weeks, they are so disciplined and those spread offense sometimes rely on, on, you know, getting into an up-tempo and tiring guys out and just catching them um, slipping up or making mistakes. But these teams, big 10 teams, um, the, you just don't see that. It's, it's tough. They're, they're super well-coached teams. They're super disciplined. Um, they're where they need to be when they need to be there. Um, and that's tough. So um that's just one aspect of it. And then also, um, it just, uh, I've mentioned this a few times in a couple of different shows, just, it's just crazy watching um, Adrian, who's now a, I think he's a, he's a four-year starter. Uh, yeah. Currently. He started for four. He's basically a fifth year guy. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I look at like his receivers and he's had like a new slate of receivers every single year with the, the transfer portal and, and, and whatnot. Um, and, and, for an offense to be successful, you've got to have good chemistry, you know, between yourself, the receivers, uh, running backs, everybody's got to kind of be on the same page. And, I, and that, that's, I know that's tough when you got new guys coming in there every single year and maybe you get a year with it, with it, with, or you get like one off season with, with a bunch of new guys. It's just, it's not enough. Um, I look back when I played and I had myself, Tommy, all of our receivers, we were there from my freshman, you know, a freshman year to senior year. And we had built awesome relationships and we were, we were all on the same page in the field. Um, and I know that that has played into their offense woes um, this season. You can tell they have little hiccups and just on the same page. Um, that's tough. I, I, it's it's hard to hard to blame them when when they um, hard to blame Adrian when again new guys every single year. It's just it's it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, new running backs, uh, linemen. Um, you're right about receivers, uh, and then right. the conditions of the game. Because, you know, the other team knows about number two now. They're not going right. to ignore number two. So they're going to say, all right. right, let's see what number two can do. Uh, it's it's really a top-to-bottom league now. When you're recruited to Nebraska, you know, there's every conference has its elite top three teams, and then its bottom three teams that are going to be pretty hard to lose to. And then yeah. everybody in the middle bangs around. But the worst team in the Big Ten this year, Rutgers, uh, record-wise, Nebraska, Right. Uh, Illinois goes and beats Minnesota and Penn State on the road. Uh, so you're looking at you're thinking, OK, wh where are the easy ones? OK, where are the <laughs> right. bottom three? There isn't any anymore in the Big Ten. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. That's it's, it's tough. And <laughs> the big the Big Ten West right now is just a, it's a, it's a slugfest. Um, and, and there's Nebraska is not the, the worst team in the West. And then everybody knows that anybody who watches the games understands that. But yeah, it's tough. There used to be some teams where you'd have you know, okay, this is going to be an easy win or whatnot. You know, you have those gimme games, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and Nebraska's schedule this year is tough. I mean, they're, they're not conference games. Oklahoma, you know, one yeah. of the – normally teams will schedule, um, you know, smaller schools. and It becomes more of like a money thing for the schools. They'll come out and play. They'll get their butts kicked. They'll, they'll take the money. They'll be happy about it, and they're on their way. <laughs> um, we haven't had many of those um, this no. year. And like I said, with, with Oklahoma. Um, but I, I feel like Nebraska's had um, – a much better season than their, their, their record shows. And I think everybody kind of sees that, understands that we've had close games with, with Michigan state, Michigan, Ohio state, Oklahoma. I mean, those are all top teams, right? Um, so it's just, it's such a tough year to, to watch because, because they're close. They are so close. 
Um, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, they, they retained coach Frost, um, made the changes they made. I think it's going to help them out. And I'm looking forward to, to the end of this season and to next season already. Jordan, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, great fan favorite and folks are going to remember your catches for a long, long time. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. You bet, man. That's Jordan Westerkamp, former Husker standout here on the Nebraska Greats podcast. Tune in again next time. This has been Nebraska Greats, a weekly podcast serving the Nebraska Greats Foundation. You can find each episode on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please give generously to serve Nebraska's former sports heroes in need at anygreats.org. And be sure to follow the Any Greats on Facebook and Twitter.